1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
2: COVID no-shows at last night's big award show. Jamie Lee Curtis. (coughs) Oh, no, Jamie. Colin Farrell, Gene Smart, and Michelle Pfeiffer. They all caught COVID. Then... Billion-dollar mystery. Who bought the winning ticket in this tiny town? My store had sold the one and only winning ticket. And the fed-up shopkeeper who sprayed a homeless woman with a hose. His apology to America. Plus, the accused college roommate's killer.
3: His rare medical condition revealed. Is this what he sees every day? They see
2: static in their vision. Then. The Lisa Marie Presley death investigation.
4: Did she squander away a hundred million dollar inheritance?
2: Is there any Elvis money left? And the paramedics charged with murdering a patient after placing him face down on a gurney.
5: Now, I am not playing with you.
6: Would you ever put a patient on a gurney on their stomach? Plus,
2: what a costume.
7: I really wanted to go big for this costume.
2: As the new Miss Universe shows off her deluxe apartment in the sky. This is
7: my
8: beautiful new apartment.
2: Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville.
8: Hello, and thanks for joining us. I'm Mary Calvi, and today for Deborah. if last night's Critics' Choice Awards is any indication, COVID is putting a damper on award show season. A number of the night's big stars couldn't attend after testing positive, and it's believed some of them picked up the virus at last week's Golden Globes. So will the virus also cast a cloud over the Oscars?
3: Was the Golden Globes awards show a super spreader? After attending, actress Jamie Lee Curtis came down with COVID and was forced to skip last night's Critics' Choice Awards. Blank COVID, the actress posted with a photo of her three positive COVID tests. I was so looking forward to going to the Critics' Choice Awards. Both Colin Farrell and co-star Brendan Gleeson also caught COVID after attending the Golden Globes. Was this congratulatory smooch to blame after Farrell's big win in for the acclaimed movie, The Banshees of Sharon. They were also no-shows at the Critics' Choice Awards. Gene Smart! Gene Smart won for the comedy TV series, Hacks. Jean couldn't be here tonight. But she also couldn't attend after contracting COVID after the Globes. And Michelle Pfeiffer shared her positive COVID test on Instagram. I'm so sorry to be missing the Critics' Choice Awards, she lamented. Pfeiffer was nominated for the limited TV series The First Lady.
7: He's so willing.
3: She was supposed to present her friend, Jeff Bridges, the Lifetime Achievement Award. With the award season officially underway, should stars wear masks at these large gatherings, like Jessica Chastain did on the Golden Globe carpet. Or
1: anyone who's older, anyone who has a serious underlying illness, anyone who's pregnant, anyone who's immune compromised, I always recommend that they for sure wear a mask if they're going to indoor events where there are a lot of other people.
8: The Critics' Choice Awards did require stars to take a COVID test before attending this ceremony. By the way, Oscar nominations will be announced next week. Someone in Maine has a huge smile on their face today. They just won $1.35 billion in the Mega Millions jackpot. He or she has not come forward yet, but who they may be is already the talk of the small town where the winning ticket was sold
4: who is the winner of the second largest lotto jackpot in history that's the big question today in Lebanon Maine 43
8: now a single
4: lucky ticket had all the winning numbers and the mega ball number
0: it's 1.35 billion dollars
4: and this is where the ticket was sold the hometown gas and Grill the most popular joint in town Fred Coutreau is the owner
6: my store had sold the one and only winning ticket for the 1.35 billion dollar jackpot
4: everyone we spoke to hoped it was somebody in town rather than someone who bought their ticket passing through.
2: And there's other rumors that it was a former employee that worked there. There's
4: a lot of us at locals that do hang out here and none of us really know who it is.
2: I'd love to see it be somebody from Lebanon.
4: Rodney Sanborn and his dad eat lunch at the grill every day. He bought a ticket there and thought he could be the winner, but then... Oh, no. He lost the tickets.
7: He's looking
2: everywhere, tearing his clothes apart, throwing laundry out the windows, you know, going through the whole house, the truck. We go out in the truck, he pulls out a stack and says, check that, make sure. It was right on top.
4: (laughs) So what do we know about the town of Lebanon? Well, the population is just 6,000, so pretty much everyone knows everyone. Here's the main intersection and a mobile gas station, and that's about it for downtown. So the town that very
8: few outsiders even knew existed is now the talk of the nation. As well as that winning ticket in Maine, 14 other tickets sold across the country matched five of the balls, winning a million dollars each. It is video angering people across the country. A business owner fed up with the homeless crisis in San Francisco picks up a water hose and starts spraying a person on the sidewalk. And after being called disgusting and inhumane, he is now apologizing.
3: It's shocking video. The owner of an art gallery hosing down a homeless woman camped out in front of his business. You see her waving her arms, disoriented as the spray of water hits her. The gallery owner stands there, legs crossed, calmly blasting away. The gallery owner has been identified as Collier Gwynn. At first, he tried to defend his actions. He says the woman has been a problem in his neighborhood and is a symptom of the homeless crisis in San Francisco. After countless times of trying to help her, countless that can be researched and shown, that trying to wash down the street and clean up her mess, that and she became just completely belligerent and out of her mind again, That at that point, I turned the hose on her. It, guess what? It woke her up. She moved. But the store owner is now going on an apology tour. I just snapped. I did something terrible. It was awful. And I I can see it. I mean, nobody can see it clearer than I can. I'm deeply apologetic. I have the video to constantly remind me that this is a large cross to bear. The video has been viewed at least four million times, and the reaction is one of outrage, inhumane, and inexcusable, truly disgusting. You don't treat human beings like this ever. Gwen is now dealing with the backlash. Somebody smashed the front door glass of the gallery. I'm deeply
8: apologetic. The gallery owner claims he called police two dozen times for help with no luck. As the only child of the king of rock and roll, many assumed Lisa Marie Presley was a wealthy woman. But we're now learning the 54-year-old died with her finances in a mess, even owing more than a million dollars to the IRS. So where did all the Elvis money go? Here's Amber Cogliano.
4: She was the heir to the best-selling solo artist of all time. But when she collapsed and died of cardiac arrest last Thursday, Lisa Marie Presley was deeply in debt. Lisa Marie had just $95,000 in her bank account and $700,000 in stocks, according to recent court documents filed in connection with her divorce from her fourth husband. She also owed $1.8 million in taxes. So what happened to all that Elvis money? Lisa Marie inherited the Elvis estate in 1993 when she turned 25. It was worth an estimated $100 million, but two decades later, it was mostly gone after a series of bad investments and real estate deals. She sued her business manager, Barry Siegel, claiming he mismanaged her money by investing in risky ventures, but he countersued, denying the allegations and saying she had squandered her fortune. Lisa Marie did manage to to hold on to Graceland, Elvis's Memphis estate, which attracts 500,000 visitors per year, who pay up to $215 admission to tour the King's home, frozen in time on the day he died. Graceland brings in $10 million a year. Lisa Marie's share amounts to $100,000 a month. So, what happens to it now?
6: The income that Graceland generates every year, which is substantial, will flow through to her children, presumably, under her will.
4: Lisa marie's death is weighing heavily on the movie elvis star austin butler and director baz lerman appeared somber at the critics choice awards last night Lovely just terrific. six days ago they were celebrating with lisa marie at the golden globes she will be buried at graceland in the memorial garden next to her father and her son
8: Last year, Elvis was the fourth highest paid dead celebrity, raking in $110 million. We are learning more about the mind of Brian Kohlberger, the suspect in the murders of four University of Idaho students. And it turns out he views the world very differently than most people, literally. As Stephen Fabian reports, he suffers from a rare neurological condition that distorts his vision. This
3: is how we see the world, with crystal clarity. But is this how the accused killer of the four University of Idaho students sees it? Through a blizzard of static. It's called visual snow, and it's a real medical syndrome.
5: Visual snow is a perception where uh, they see static in their vision. So it could be colored static or it could be black and white static. It's like TV static.
3: This video demonstrates how the world looks to someone afflicted with the disorder. The rare neurological condition also causes tinnitus, a constant ringing in the ears like this. Now 28, Brian Koberger posted about having the disorder when he was 17 years old. It is as if the ringing in my ears and the fuzz in my vision is simply all of the demons in my head mocking me, he wrote. And we're also getting new insights about his state of mind from a rap song in which he called himself the devil. You are not my equal. you are evil, but I'm evil. And now I'm going regal. Don't with us. In other online posts uncovered by the New York Times, he wrote a chilling vision of himself. I have no emotion, crazy thoughts, delusions of grandeur. I can do whatever I want with little remorse. I might spiral out of control. I spoke with forensic psychiatrist Dr. Keith Abloh. From his writings in the past, what do you make of his mental state?
2: It's very disturbing. Uh Uh-oh you know, red alert, this person has no empathy, says he has no empathy for others. You've got all the ingredients for terrible destructiveness,
8: Brian Koberger is expected to plead not guilty at his next court date in June. It's a disturbing headline. Two paramedics charged with murder after being accused of severely mistreating a man they were supposed to be saving. According to the coroner's report, the man stopped breathing after he was strapped to the gurney face down. Les Trent spoke with an EMS crew about how they would have handled the situation. How on
6: earth could such a thing happen? That's the question swirling today. After two paramedics are charged with murdering a man, they were called in to help. It's the police. Police video starts as cops in Springfield, Illinois, respond to an emergency call that a resident is having hallucinations due to alcohol withdrawal. You need an ambulance? The officers call for an ambulance. One paramedic enters the
3: room. He was up on his bed and he just rolled off onto the floor. Sit
5: up now. I am not playing with you. You're right. going to have to walk. We ain't carrying
6: you. The cops help the man to the waiting ambulance. He has difficulty walking, but makes it outside. Come
8: on, buddy.
6: Then, with a slam, he was placed face down on the gurney and strapped in. He died at the hospital. The coroner said the cause of death was asphyxia due to prone face-down restraint on a paramedic transportation by tightened straps across back and lower body. Paramedics Peggy Finley and Peter Cadigan have been charged with first-degree murder. Finley's lawyer tells Inside Edition, there's no physical action that my client committed that was responsible for that gentleman's death. Paramedics across the nation are paying close attention to the case, including these EMS instructors. Would you ever put a patient on a gurney on their stomach? No, I would not. And why not? Because you run the risk of having them face down. They can aspirate. They won't be able to breathe if they vomited, for example.
8: The attorney for the man's family said in a statement, there is no excuse for the actions of the EMS workers who showed neither care nor compassion.
2: Next, the titanic question that won't go away. Could Jack have survived the titanic door test? Plus, what a costume.
7: I really wanted to go big for this costume.
2: As the new Miss Universe shows off her deluxe apartment in the sky.
7: This is my beautiful new apartment.
2: Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back.
5: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Reality stars from Crisly knows best. Reporting to prison. Next, Inside Edition. Twelve years for Todd. Seven years for Julie. Can they survive all that time behind bars? And how they spent their final day of freedom. Watch the next Inside Edition.
8: Talk about a close call. Watch as a man and his buddy are out paddleboarding when... That big rock falls off a cliff, narrowly missing his head and smashing right through his board. It happened off the coast of Gibraltar. The man was uninjured, but his paddleboard broke in half. He calls himself the luckiest guy in the world, and we agree. And it's the 25th anniversary of the release of the blockbuster movie Titanic, and after all these years, the debate continues. Could Rose have saved Jack by making room on that floating piece of wood? Now, Director James Cameron is conducting a scientific test to answer the the question once and for all.
6: (sighs) It's been a burning question for a quarter of a century.
8: Jack. Yuck. Couldn't
6: Kate Winslet have moved over just a smidge to make room for Leonardo DiCaprio on that floating piece of wood so they'd both survive Titanic? <laughs> Leo was even teased about it by Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. Did you mention
0: it at the time? We like, should it's, we make the door smaller? So
6: like it? I said, I have no clue. <laughs> now, director James Cameron is setting the record straight in an upcoming really? Nat Geo special Titanic 25 Years Later. Cameron sent two stunt actors into an ice-cold pool to simulate what Jack and Rose went through in the North Atlantic waters. They had similar body types to Leo and Kate, and there was also a hypothermia expert on hand, since the water in the pool was 56 degrees. He got up
1: on there, and he immediately went into the really strong Shaking, shivering. It's not
6: the first Titanic test.
3: Let's see, then we can both get on this thing.
6: A decade ago, Mythbusters came up with this conclusion.
3: If they had used Rose's
6: life preserver and stuck it under the door, they could have survived on top of that door. Now, James Cameron is doing his own test to find out once it. and for all. If Jack would have lived, if Rose had just been a little more generous with her personal space. It's pretty interesting.
8: But you have to wait till February 5th to find out the results. That's when Titanic, 25 years later, premieres on Nat Geo.
2: Still to come, what a costume.
8: I really wanted to go big for this costume.
2: As the new Miss Universe shows off her deluxe apartment in the sky.
7: This is my beautiful new apartment. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends
4: you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
5: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you.
8: the newly crowned Miss Universe and boy did she steal the show in this massive woman on the moon costume.
6: USA.
8: It's an out-of-this-world moment at the Miss Universe pageant. Miss
4: USA Armini Gabriel stops the show in a gigantic Moon and Stars costume
7: weighing more than 30 pounds. I couldn't even walk in it. I put it on right before going on stage because I couldn't wait backstage and actually carry it. And I'm telling you, my back hurt afterwards. It was crazy, but I really wanted to go big for this costume. Mission
4: accomplished. Pretty soon, she'll be on the
7: It's to celebrate America being the first people to send a man on the moon, but this costume is called Woman on the Moon because now we are working to send the first female on the moon within the next couple years. And then came this. The new Miss Universe is you! She won! Well, hello. Welcome to my new apartment. Come on in. The newly crowned Miss
4: Universe welcomed us into her new home in New York City. This is the beautiful living
7: room. The centerpiece, her crown, of course.
5: What was the moment like when that crown
7: was put on your head? It was so surreal. I feel like I almost blacked out. I was really just in disbelief. I think you can even see on my face. I was so shocked.
8: Arvani is the first Filipina-American Miss Universe, and at 28, she's the oldest winner ever. And coming up, honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Finally, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and across the country, there were tributes to the civil rights icon. We leave you with the rousing voices of the 200-member choir of the Black Academy of Arts and Letters in Dallas. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.